0: You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is the podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Ryan McCubbin.
1: Howdy, everyone. How you doing?
0: All right. Greg Hectus.
1: Road Course Week,
2: baby.
0: Kyle Pendigraft. Long time no see. Uh, hey, and special guest Evan Pasoko. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for coming. On today's show, we'll rec- recap an exciting Coke race at Watkins Glen. And thanks to your donations in the four hours of Charlotte, Greg Hill Sings, And let's go with some great secrets from the iRacing Vault, and we'll cover them all here on The Lounge.
1: And remember, guys, you can follow along with us on your PC or mobile device in real time as you listen to the show and see for yourself all the great topics and products we'll be discussing today by visiting the iRacersLounge.com and selecting show notes. So we hope to see you there.
0: GridFinder 2.0 is bigger and better than ever with more ways to narrow your search for your next sim racing league. Featuring over 1,000 leagues from over 25 racing sims across every platform. Your place on the grid is just a couple clicks away. Visit www.grid-finder.com to find a league or to upload your own. Gridfinder is the home of online sim racing leagues. Gridfinder.com
3: First time winner. Justin Crowder, final time at a turn four to his first win in the Edaskar Piquet and the Monster Mile in 2020 is tamed by Nitron Gerlo gonna look to the bottom, it is not gonna be enough, and Ryan Luza is gonna go back to back, and he steals the win at Thunder Valley.
0: Welcome the voice of iRacing, Evan Pasoco. And let's talk Coke race. A uh, little housekeeping before the action, Evan. Uh, we got Greg Hill talking about leak week, as I call it, uh, Given the command to start the engines. And, of course, uh, what a pleasure um, Steve Letard is to have in the booth.
3: Yeah, I was able to tease it a little bit um, after the All-Star, right? That we'd have a couple of special guests. And uh, Steve is going to be with us, uh, I guess, now for the final five races um, after Watkins Glen. And I believe the plan is also to have Parker Clearman back on the show as well. So uh, you can't beat uh, the insight in the presence of uh, somebody like Steve, right? Um, Obviously, his real-world pedigree and all the work that he's done now as an analyst uh with nascar and nbc um he takes it serious uh i can i can guarantee you that from you know talking with him pre-race and post-race he does his research uh he watches these races week in and week out so uh it's it's awesome just from like a i think a viewership standpoint i think he adds a lot to the broadcast which is personally also he's a he's a great guy to call a race with
0: well, it comes across very authentic from Steve, um, just like it does when he does the real NASCAR races. And and I think it really helps the viewer with some crossover to, oh, wow, this is like, this is NASCAR. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, especially when you got Steve LaTarte in your ear telling you about it, it really does feel like real NASCAR. And, and the racing uh, definitely lived up to... The NASCAR name. So let's go through a couple other housekeeping. Uh, There was a new commercial you guys were playing over and over, featuring uh, none other than the director Dale Earnhardt Jr. doing the voiceover for the iRacing commercial. That was nice, and then also a new Logitech sponsorship.
3: Yeah, the sponsors continue to come in, and and the Logitech uh, G923 is now the official wheel and pedal of the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series, which is is super cool. They've already been involved um, as a sponsor on the uh, William Byron eSports cars for the last couple of seasons. and. Um, now they join the likes of uh, asus doordash and coke um, as some of the the sponsors of the series itself so uh, anytime you can get uh, new partners involved it's fun um, i'm not a, a racer myself but i've been using logitech stuff for you know seven eight years not just uh i think i got the 923 at home that i bust out every once in a while but i mean i've got everything Logitech, speakers, uh, keyboard, mouse, uh, headset. So a great company to have involved. Absolutely. And so uh, right before the green, Matheson has
0: trouble and and, uh, is is off track before the green even happens. And we have a crazy opening lap and uh, lives up to expectations uh, for sure. But uh, it was Graham Bolin on the pole, and he hangs on, but Bobby Zelinsky's right there with him. Stephen Wilson sits on that final step of the podium, and the road king this year, Mitchell DeJong, is down in P4.
3: Yeah, he was slipping. Uh, at one point, um, he was as low as P6. Um, and I think it was obviously, I mean, we had heard people saying all kind of afternoon long leading up to the race, like, hey, Graham's got speed. Like, don't be surprised if he does something. But you expect it to be Mitchell, right? Uh, Mitchell won, Bobby two, they're out there. But uh, Graham Bolin with a lot to race for super impressive qualifying on pole for this race. And I think a lot of that chaos on the opening lap of the race stems from how bad of a start it was for DeYoung. I mean, you know, I've seen angles from guys like Conti and some of the other guys in the field past and half a dozen cars on the opening lap. So there was certainly excitement everywhere. Uh, But Mitchell just didn't get off to a good start. And that poor start for him would kind of formulate uh, how this race would play out. But, uh, you know, Graham held on strong early. You mentioned Steven Wilson. He's had a handful of really good runs this year, started up front and in the mix. And uh, once we got through those first couple of laps, things started to settle in a little bit. That's right. They did settle down through the field uh, after that. Uh, Boland's gr- uh, lead wasn't
0: uh, a good one. Uh, there was a little bit of a gap there. And then lap 10, uh, it was about a half a second. Uh, Blade, Whip, Blade Whit, he actually slapped the outside wall after contact with uh, Nathan Lyon.
3: You're going to have your little bits of... Uh contact here and there uh, I, you know i think bobby uh is the one who said on twitter that it was the least technical of the road courses and i know that steve said on air that that watkins Glen's kind of the super speedway of the road courses um there was actually some discussion after we raced uh, at coda earlier this year um discussions that got very far along um where we thought about having caution flags in these races, um, I don't know the specifics. If it was going to be at a specific lap time, if it was going to be at a random lap time, but but there were discussions that got very high up in the in the process of if we were going to have yellows in these races. The the end result was not. Um, so obviously, you have a race where these incidents hurt guys so bad because you know you, you get some damage. I mean, you spin out, lose some spots. Um, you're you're not getting that back in these road races um, where we do not have full course cautions.
2: Mike and lap in here for a sec. Yeah. Hold on. Um, it would be nice to have David here for this call. To talk to like uh, Evan. Do you think that some of that, like, they, they held back from that because they were worried that they were just going to have multiples of them over, over and over again because of you know you get all of everybody packed up and diving down into one again
3: yeah i mean i I think that they they certainly were looking into it right i mean um and and i was very close to the point where i wouldn't have been surprised um if we were gonna do it um i i feel like the the concerns were not necessarily along the lines of we don't guys we don't really want guys wanted it up on the restarts because i think in part if you're going to implement yellows not that you want cars wrecking right but you're going to get some crazy restarts out of it. Kind of same thought process um, that you see in the cup series these days with, with stage breaks and you're getting more restarts in. Um, I think the, the thing that, D- deterred um, race control and and everybody at iRacing NASCAR from eventually making that decision to go to the yellows was they just couldn't figure out the best way to implement it um, i'm sure these discussions are going to happen next year it's going to happen the year after that um, my interpretation based on what i heard was that they really just couldn't hammer down a perfect or the most fair way on saying you know Cautions coming out of lap 25, that's it. Or cautions coming between lap 20 and 30. I just, I think that's more so where they, they couldn't come um, to a, a, an agreement that everybody agreed upon with the drivers as well. David and
2: I on the team here were, were part of a, a, a league that implemented, uh, they picked a random number uh, of incidents. And once the, they, had, they had something that they had written, an incident counter. And as soon as it reached that incident mount, that's when they threw the caution out. So it was kind of nice for the road racing because you could get tightened up, but you never knew when it was coming. So it kind of threw a little bit of strategy into it. But I don't know if it's something they could add to it, but I think cautions on the road courses would help anybody that has a bad start. You just you're never going to recover from it. Yeah, these I, th- guys.
3: I think it wouldn't be the worst of ideas. Uh, and I've seen that too, right, Um, in in some of the league racing stuff I've done um, where race control will say, uh, you know, if it's a 40-lap race, hey, there's going to be a caution at some point midway between lap, say, 15 and 25, right, kind of centering around the middle. So you guys can pit early before they think the yellow is going to come out. They can kind of stay and go after. Um, I feel like at this level, though, um that maybe the best way to implement that would be to have um you know like like active race control and have active race control decide on what's a caution what's not a caution Um, Part of me kind of wants that on the ovals, too, because, you know, we kind of see somebody lock it up and and they save the car. But the sim triggers the yellow anyways. Um, But but I get that that can be a little bit. uh, I I don't know if you want to take, you know, the human element out of it a little bit um, and try to reduce judgment calls. But certainly on the road courses, I wouldn't be opposed to, you know, if if we wad up five cars um, that race control actually comes out and and they would manually throw um, full course cautions for stuff like that. Yeah, why not?
0: Especially up through the S's when it blocks up the track. <laughs> uh, so lap 13, uh, Bobby was still trying to chip into Graham Boland's lead um, down to about four-tenths, but the real battle was Mitchell trying to get around Stephen Wilson. Uh, he, he threw it in there once on turn one and, and kind of got him, but Wilson got it back, uh, you know, and so it was a good battle there. And then lap 18 is really when uh, pitch started to happen, and we had uh, – the Elliott Esports, Vince, Vicente Salas, and Garrett Mains pit on lap 18. Um, Nathan Lyon also went for a wild ride on that lap and into the gravel, but did save it. And then 19, Keegan Leahy, uh, Shearburn pit, 20, Mitchell, Corey Vincent, Dylan Duvall pit, Anthony Bros, John Galinsky, also on pit road. And then lap 21, the leader pits from the lead, Graham Bolin. And then right after that, Bobby Zielinski, uh, one lap later, uh, he, he pits on lap 22.
3: Yeah, the 21-22 the number didn't shock me that much. I did think, though, overall, um, the pit cycle came a little bit earlier than I was expecting it to um you know I, I always tend to favor the coming a few laps shy of the halfway point um you could have gone to 25 so uh, you know you could have made it super easy and um just gone at halfway but i think we saw it towards the end um you know not, not to jump ahead but uh, you know a one or two lap difference in tires wasn't a huge benefit obviously it would help you through the actual pit cycle itself um, with that first one or two laps back out on track, but uh, I did just generally think the pit stops were all a little bit early, but, uh, you know, Graham from the lead has the ability uh, to to kind of get surprised by a couple of people, right? Um, DeYoung comes down pit road, I think Graham responds to that, and I think Bobby responds after that, and um, you know, once you got your your leaders kind of all stacking up three laps in a row, coming a bit right, everybody else did, and uh, gave us quite a long run to the end of the race, where some of those exciting battles would be on, you know, 30, 32 lap old tires for some guys, just because they opted to go for the longer run second half of the race.
0: Yeah, and then 25 to go, Gorlinski out. He spun on his out lap on cold tires uh, off the track, and he was done. Uh, 20 to go, Uh, pressure is on Graham Bolin, and it was never off. I mean, he never lost uh, Bobby at all. Uh, Down to 12 to go, it was still Graham Bolin continued to lead Bobby about four car lengths. Eight to go, Graham has a bit of a buffer. However, Mitchell is coming. And uh, seven to go, Mitchell has closed in on Graham Bolin and Bobby Zielinski.
3: Yeah, at this point... You know, we're, we're saying like, hey, watch Mitchell because he's three seconds back. But I really thought it was going to be Zelensky um, who was taking it to Graham. And I thought that Mitchell's best bet was, you know, those leaders get enthralled in a really good fight or, or they make some contact or what have you. And, and then all of a sudden he arrives on the scene um, from the number three spot. But uh, Bobby had a look. And he wasn't able to make it happen. Dropped back a couple of car lengths, and I'm kind of thinking, all right, well, he'll, you know, try to set him back up. And then all of a sudden, he started slipping and slipping. Uh, And at that point, Then all of a sudden, Bobby's more so worried about hanging on the second than he is going for the race lead. And it was real interesting having Steve in the booth for this, right? Because there were huge championship implications on the line where if Graham Boland was going to go on and win this race, it was going to bounce Chris Shearbert out of the playoffs. Whereas if Bobby Zelensky or even Mitchell DeYoung could have gone up and won that race, it would have prevented a new race winner and Steve's car would have stayed in. So Bobby knowing and if the car ahead of him wins, his teammate is out of the playoffs. Um, I think, and and he confirmed it when we talked to him post-race, just got out of Mitchell's way. As soon as he started to lose a little bit, I think without that context, Bobby is going to fight Mitchell a lot harder than he did. Bobby, uh, I, I don't think he's mad about it, but certainly he wants to beat Mitchell on these road courses, right? He would not just let him go if it wasn't for the circumstances and thinking of the long game got out of the way and allowed Mitchell to get up to P2
0: it was you know their teammates uh, on their you know back end team too and mm-hmm. he, he was coming and he and he caught him from behind and and he let him go like a good teammate does and that i kind of expected that bobby was going to do that and he did and and it let mitchell you know take a run uh at the leader and and you know but later after the race i mean bobby really said it was it was dirty air i mean i would get up close enough and i just couldn't get enough to make a move and and uh, he really struggled with that throughout the race, I think, trying to get around Graham. But uh, Mitchell seemed to have a little bit more tire or something. Uh, maybe he was saving earlier in the run. But, yeah, three laps to go. He's there. And uh, Graham Bolin is now holding off uh, two of the best uh, road course racers there are. And, and and I'm just, like, on my feet and, and just cheering him on, man. Let's get this done. Uh, but, boy, the last lap was this amazing i mean uh ice in his veins is what uh, iRacing said on their twitter
3: yeah i mean you talk about um high pressure um you know we saw vicente salas get his first win in um in this series earlier in the year at richmond and you got a guy like graham bolin um in his sophomore campaign looking for a first career win so not only is that pressure enough but he's looking for a win to get into the playoffs. And he just had to hold off Bobby Zelensky for 45 laps, right? Bobby was within probably no more than maybe one and a half, two seconds for that entire thing, even through the pit cycle. So you've been working hard against the best road course racer all time. And then you got the best road course racer of the year, individual de Young, who's going to try to challenge Bobby for that title, looking for a third in a row. So you got all these factors, up against Graham Bolin, Nobody would have faulted Graham if he overdrove the car and made a mistake under that amount of pressure. Nobody could have faulted him. And you couldn't help but cheer for him. It's nothing against Mitchell. But what a story for Graham Bolin, who has had so many close opportunities. He got Mitchell young on you, and he had a bit of a gap. He was very good in turn one all night. So he pulled a little bit on Mitchell, up through the S's, down the back stretch, But then through the carousel, Mitchell closes back in, gives him one shot gives him two shots. He holds both of them off and then they go side by side into the last corner. And for the second straight Watkins Glen race uh, in the NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series, first and second place touch in turn seven. Uh, and this time it's it's Graham Boland to victory lane for his first career win, uh, becoming the 12th different race winner in 13 races this year. And most importantly, uh, punching his ticket to the playoffs.
0: And Mitchell's run And the way he raced him that final lap was outstanding, too. I mean, it's pure NASCAR racing. It is a touch sport at this point. Uh, You know, to to hit him, like you said, twice through the carousel to try to get him out of shape. He didn't hit him hard enough to wreck him, but it was enough to kind of move him up a little bit and and kind of do a a, a classic, uh, you know, pass for the win. And I'm really impressed at how Mitchell has picked up on the nuances, uh, the nuances of NASCAR racing on the final lap. It reminds me of Kyle Bush and Brad Kelsowski, Marcos Ambrose at Watkins Glen uh, doing the same thing uh, basically on the last lap
3: it's funny you mentioned that because i had alluded to some of those ambrose battles over the years Keslowski and and steve was joking you know those are the ones that ended well we had some kyle bush battles that didn't end well but you're right uh you know for mitchell who's a guy who who comes into this you know not saying that he doesn't have the stock car history absolutely does um but in this road racing you know sports car guy driving porsches and whatnot i mean you really don't do that um so his uh i don't know if if um, you know, racecraft is probably the best word His racecraft, learning how these stock cars handle Where to hit somebody, where he can't Especially in that carousel, right? Where those things are so loose I mean, if he got him in the right rear quarter panel I mean, Graham's done, right? May not have necessarily put him in the fence But you hit him on the right rear quarter panel I mean, he has got to get out of the gas And on the brakes to save it Or he's off it in the boot um, But he didn't Hit him square once Hit him square twice So give to his credit, he was aggressive with him Uh, But I totally agree with you that it was it was exactly what you want to see. Give them a shot. Get to the outside. You guys get together. But nobody did anything, uh, I think, out of line. I think we saw the same thing with the all star race at Nashville uh, with Jimmy Mullis. Right. Some bits of contact, but nothing out of line. Um, And I think that these guys have shown good judgment um all year in in a lot of those high stakes uh, situations when fighting for race wins and I think these guys have a good understanding of where that line is and and they've been to the utmost uh, respectful
2: I was gonna say when you're watching that last after the carousel and the lat the left-hander and then the right-hander to come down the straightaway when he threw that block I mean at that point when you threw that block you're saying what your intentions are as the leader so would you have faulted uh DeJong for you know going into the last corner and just following him in and just pushing him up the track like he was getting Thought pushed on out. the outside like but he chose to go for the racing uh, win instead of you know the storyline of a, a moving somebody win
3: so in turn 7 it's so, you, like in turn six, you could probably move somebody and pass them, right? Because you can kind of force somebody a little bit wide, maybe off of the curve and into the grass or into the runoff a little bit. In seven, you can't really do that because of those tires, right? I mean, there's no runoff. So if you're going to hit somebody in seven, you're wrecking them. I mean, that's the only way it happens. And when Graham goes to the inside a little bit to protect in six, Mitchell could have said, all right, you're going to block me. can give it back to you. Uh, but I think if they don't touch in seven, Mitchell likely wins the race. Because by Graham going to block in six, he doesn't have a good exit off of that corner down the little short shoot to seven. And Mitchell sees that backs off and then goes around the outside. I mean, he did everything right. Right. Um, I, I think that uh, Bobby was a little bit frustrated maybe with the touch um, more than Mitchell seemed to be uh, in his post race, obviously, given the the circumstances and whatnot. But, um, you know, Graham was protecting. Um, he wasn't making like three, four blocks. He made like one, two. So so I think everything was fair. Well, I told, it was, the, I told sorry, the guys a... uh,
0: after the race my thoughts about Graham's and what he did there at the last corner, because he kind of just went wide and didn't give uh, Mitchell a, a lane, and Mitchell hit the wall, and he won the race that way. But I, I said, look, you know, if it was my grandma on the outside right there, I'd wreck her, I'd put her in the wall, because he just survived that entire thing where he almost got turned and, and like the whole scenario, the whole forty-five laps of being chased by these two road guys and and uh down to the last lap man i'm gonna win this thing and, and he did and uh and and kudos to him i thought it was a great move
3: you think if it's formula one people aren't happy about it because i i guess an open wheel race and if you're alongside somebody that's enough to get the spot but um you know <laughs> mitchell's at his door um could do like would mitchell have the right to be upset that he ended in the tire sure Right. I mean, he tried his best to be as clean as possible, did give him a couple of shots. So maybe, uh, you know, Graham, not necessarily giving him all the room in seven is also fair because he's thinking, hey, you hit me twice. I'm going to give you a little bit of a nudge. But um, I think when you look at it as a whole, um, if the roles are reversed, um, I don't think Graham Boland would could be upset if, if the same thing happened to him. And he was challenging Mitchell sure. for the win. Right. So I think it's uh, aggressive. Um, it's hard racing, uh, but ultimately respectful and not crossing the line. And, uh, I think both drivers, um, shared that same sentiment after the race.
2: I, I like the way you put that, Evan, because, you know, you, are pretty much dead on there with, with the F1, you know, that's, you know, that's, you know, they're probably penalizing because, you know, they didn't give racing room, but I just don't know where, where, where it changed in motorsports. where like in NASCAR, at least there it's, you know, you got to get around them. And, and you, you have to make sure your car is, is there to do it. Like you don't have to give someone the track if they're, they're trying to pass you. So they need to make the room. And if they're going to wreck you, that's them making the room, but you don't have to give them that exit of that corner. And that's what Graham did. He just kind of just went out there kind of, kind of using his hips a little bit higher when he was out there,
3: but it, it worked yeah, hip, really hip well track. for him. I, I love well, it, it. That's the thing, right? Um, You know, The the I don't know if it's just necessary, and I love Formula One by the way, but I I don't know if it's just necessarily a Formula One kind of mentality, or or if it's just open wheel racing generally because that racing is very different. You can't be hitting like you are in these full bodied stock cars. I'm aware of that, but in in some of that racing, you know, somebody gets a nose to somebody's door, and people think, all right, he's got the spot. You got to give it to him. And I just don't agree with that, especially in stock car racing. Probably different than open wheel. I don't think it's a one to one comparison. But if you're passing me, you need to pass me before it's your position. You can be nine-tenths of the way clear of me if you dive it up my inside. But if you're not clear and you cut across my nose trying to you know run off the corner like you got the corner, no. I think it is the onus of the overtaking car to complete the pass and not the opposite.
2: I, th- I think that's in the actual iRacing rule book. If you look at it, they say that is the car's passing's responsibility to c- complete it cleanly. So classic NASCAR
0: finish, classic broadcast call of the last lap, Evan, and just playing it back and listening to you call it, I I would venture to say this might be your best call yet
3: we've had some exciting ones Uh, i always try to to not get too excited but i can't help it right i mean it's it's fun um you know like i said it's a great story um graham going for the win um nothing against mitchell because i've been just as excited to see what mitchell's done in this series um you know and and for the longest time bobby had that thing where he could win the road courses but he needed to improve on the ovals it's kind of funny that this is the year of all years when bobby's got the win on the oval not the road courses right but um anytime you get a new kid uh, in victory lane especially somebody like graham uh who works so hard and and it's it's so good for that entire team as well um you know it, it's just great to see new winners um continuing to prove that year after year um this series is so competitive um you can't really look at rookies as rookies because when you look at the ladder they took to get to this level i know it's graham's second year but you know guys like Sente and some of these other guys who have gotten their first win when you look at the ladder they need to take to get to this level, um, rookie's not really a fair term. Um, so 59, I think, right? The number of different winners we've seen or something like that all time in series history with the grand winning. So uh, it's awesome stuff. And who would have thought last year when we said we were expanding the playoffs to 10 cars that with one race left in a regular season, we would be out of room, right? Like, uh, you know, winning you're in, your end, we figure, all right, well, you'll probably get... You know, seven, maybe eight winners, a couple of guys on points. As it stands now, two drivers with wins not making it in, and that could increase to three, uh, depending on what we see at Michigan in a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, let's talk fallout. I mean, Ray Alfala pretty much conceded he's not going to make it. Um, Shearburn's in trouble. I mean, uh, so what do we got going forward? Uh, what's the future hold here?
3: Well, I, I think coming into this one that we kind of knew, um that that ray um was done he it's funny enough because he actually gains a position in the points um even though he's not a big fan of the road races um but it's funny as well because you know even without the win by graham chris shearburn doesn't have a good night he actually drops out of the top 20 in points um so if we didn't have graham bullen win Sherburn would have dropped out based on points and Graham would have been in on points, not the win. Um, Kind of funny. Graham is now the overall points leader this year. Um, There's no situation now um, for for Chris Sherburn or Ray Afala to make the playoffs, I don't believe, because you'd have to bump somebody else out. They're 21st and 24th, so their first challenge is they got to get top 20. Chris could probably do it. I don't think Ray could do it, but you'd also have to pass Ryan Luza. And he would basically have to DNS it. He, Bob Bryant, and Jimmy Mullis are all some 33 points up the road. So Shearburn and Al Fallon not going to be uh, in the playoffs this year despite having a race win. Um, their focus now turns to, to staying in the championship. And, and then the big question is, do we have another different winner, right? Um, Wilson, Vincent, Guest, Kerwin, Ottinger, Duvall. How about Zach Novak, Matt Busa? I mean, uh, all those guys... Um, are, are names that if they get a win, they could be in the conversation. Um, if somebody like a Duvall in 16th wins or Novak in 17th wins, they're not locked. Because remember, you got to be higher than Lusa, who is the bubble driver now with a win, but 14th in points. So if they win, they might be in. But for a guy like Steven Wilson, who has had such a good year for Roush and is so deserving of a win, uh, that could be a great story. So uh, a lot still can happen uh, in the one race that we have left in two weeks.
0: Yep, off to Michigan in two weeks on a Tuesday night. And uh, Evan, thank you so much for coming on tonight and telling us about this race. Uh, What a fantastic race it was, and uh, glad to hear you call it
3: it was we're done for the road racing this year but uh, uh happy i was able to make it uh back online for one of these things appreciate you guys having me every week and uh, we'll chat with you after michigan
0: all right we'll see you then
1: all right guys let's get into some topics first up uh, this was an iRacing tr- Twitter trend uh, it started by a post by Max Brady, and he asked the drivers in iRacing to rate themselves in a Madden-style rating system. So uh, so some big names in the sports chimed in on their uh, assessments, and uh, all of us did our own ass- self-assessments. But um, it's based on eight categories. I'll, I'll go real quick. It's uh, aggression, consistency, finishing, qualifying, road course, short track, super, for speedway and speedway so uh you're basically rating yourself like they do in madden when they rate uh football players between a uh, zero and 100 you know 100 being you know the very best of the best and uh so uh we had some good uh um responses uh, mike was one of the early responders on there um and then it was kind of funny because uh some people were not being completely honest and they were kind of called out on their self assessments. They were like all in the nineties and uh, you know, they had an eye rating of 600, you know, so it was a, uh, so people were not being honest uh, or, or overrating themselves or not quite understanding the rating system. So uh, what did you guys think? I know Mike, you were one of the first ones to respond to this. And uh, what do you guys, uh, what you guys put?
0: Well, Well, Spencer Burns said that if you're rating yourself 90 or above, you really should be top tier. Um, And uh, he was the one calling everyone out on that. But my ratings were Aggression 79, Consistency 67, Finishing 68, Qualifying 15, Road Course 34, Short Track 68, Speedway 79, Super Speedway 91. Now I don't know if that's uh, fair, a fair assessment or not. Uh what about some of these other people? Um Tyler Hudson. Remember, Tyler used to be uh a former champion in the Coke series, and he put aggression ninety, consistency ninety-two, finishing ninety-eight. Now he probably has the stats to back this up too. Uh qualifying fifteen, road course. qualifying. <laughs> oh uh uh speedway ninety-three he put, super speedway ninety-three. I like the last one though. At fault accuracy calls. He added that I think.
1: Yeah. One hundred out gave of one hundred.
2: <laughs> exactly. See, this is an interesting topic because when I I did the thing, I didn't. You know, nobody in here's that we were that. Uh, you know, unless you're in the top forty in the Coke Series for that racing, or you're in the Porsche E Cup or something like that. I never thought about it that way. I thought about comparing myself to the people that I normally race against. And that's where I was going off of online for it. Right. Well, Malik Ray is another, uh, Malik Ray, I'm sorry, is
0: another guy to kind of benchmark off of. Because we, we watch him race and we, we know what he can do. Aggression, he says, 90. Consistency, 87. Finishing, 84. I, I think that's a little high. Uh, qualifying, 78. Road course 60, short track 82. I think that's high. Speedway 88. That might be high. Super speedway 97. Yeah. I mean, he did win
2: Daytona, right? See, I think when he's writing that, it's he's using his overall, you know, in iRace. He goes in and He just goes into a normal session and races against us chumps sometime. Yeah. Okay. Those numbers will be high. But if you put them up against what his, you know, you got to rate it against your what you're into you're 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 normally racing and maybe i think it's just a little bit over like you're saying a little bit high feeling but hey we all have we all think we're uh bigger egos than we actually have sometimes right
0: okay so let's look at some other people who chimed in here brian uh, brian tell us yours yours look pretty accurate to me
1: um i i i mean i i put down what i felt, you know, what I was good at and what I wasn't good at sickly. So, um, well, I'm not real aggressive. So I gave myself a pretty low score on that. Um, I thought I'm consistent on the track, but my finishes aren't consistent. So there's a discrepancy between on-track consistency and finishing consistency. Uh, You know, I've been getting just killed on, on, um, in some of these races, um, road courses are definitely a weak spot. So I, I'm like a 21. I gave myself a 21 and, uh, speedways, uh, 78 super speedways, 81 and a half.
0: All right. I'm going to do David Hall here. He put, Aggression 40, consistency 95, finishing 85, qualifying 20, road course 70, short track 90, speedway 85, super speedway 90. And uh,
2: protest success ability, uh, one out of 100.
4: Yeah, I knew you were going to go there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Greg, let's hear your numbers next. Uh, Let's see. So aggression I put uh, at 60. I'm not really that aggressive on the track. Uh, Consistency. About 85, finishing was about 85. Road courses is my forte, I guess, would be 95. Uh, That's probably a little high, but now thinking about the way that they're doing it. Uh, Short tracks was 90, Uh, Speedways 85, 85 for Super Speedways. I don't know what that last one got copied in. It must've been a copy over, but ignore that last part. But Super Speedways was 85. Okay. Oh no, sorry, Super Speedways was 60, sorry. That's right. I'm not very good on super speedways. Adam Jocelyn put 69 aggression,
0: consistency, 70, finishing, 80, qualifying, 20, road course, 20, short track, 96. Wow. Speedway, 70, speedway, 90. Kyle, uh, I don't have your numbers, so
5: you're going to uh, do these off the cuff. Uh, I mean, if I had to go with aggression, I would say it's in the maybe high 40s. I'm not too aggressive. Consistency, I would put it at about an 80. Uh, finishing would be Probably about a 60 to 65 Qualifying uh, It depends, if it's road It's terrible, uh, but if it's oval I do pretty decent, so I would probably Average that at about a 50 uh, Road courses, I would put that at About a 35, short tracks Would put that near a 70 uh, Speedways Probably another 70 as well Super speedways actually are probably my strongest So I would get it close to an 85 Or 90 There you go and then Tony
0: Rochette put Aggression 40, that sounds right Consistency 90 He has been consistent on road this year uh, Finishing he's been 80 he consistent all around yeah, That's true, I, qualifying 70 higher. Yeah, I was going to say consistency finishing That's true I mean, he finishes stat.
1: all these NIS Races and he uh, you know, at As bad as some of the NIS races are He's finishing consistently really well So I'd get him higher for finishing He's a
2: little modest with himself Road course, uh, 50, short track, 60. That should go up. I don't know why I said it. I think that was just his feeling on road courses. He's been doing better than that. Oh, Top fives
0: and tens, yeah. Speedway, 70, super speedway, 85. All right, let's watch
2: NASCAR Cade. And Greg, you watch this. Yeah, so we talked about this last week, uh, and then obviously this week, we you know we found we got the link posted the next day from, on our messenger from some of our i think kyle he posted it i think uh bobby posted it as well um so we could actually find it and, and watch it so I, I i i watched through it i watched it again um just before the show here but uh i just found it interesting the way that everything evolved uh and you know how they actually go about designing these games i forgot when they were talking about even ea back in the day when they had the the sponsorship for it um or had the license for it that you used to be able to go to the track and actually race dale jr and and win money from it and that's how the one guy was a derek uh i can't remember his last name derek wood or something um he won you know he won ten thousand dollars because he beat dale at talladega um controller yeah and it's just it's just really interesting to see they, they, they tell you how the, the technology works about scanning the track they, you know it's really basic what they talk about but you know the little dots they show it obviously it looks like um they they, they show the actual Watkins Glen glenn in the picture there that looks like it was just rescanned, how they were i think we we're gonna talk about it but they at least have that in one of the things they're uh showing it but i thought the biggest thing that i don't know if we've ever heard this story but junior uh Junior snuck one of his '88 cars into Junior Motorsports, the COT car, to get it scanned. It's a and, car, uh, yeah. <laughs> the hindered uh, car. And nobody knew that that's what it was for and why it was there. But it's just a, it, it's it you know I guess it's better to ask for permission than forgiveness um, or for forgiveness rather than permission. I bet I got that backwards. But uh, yeah, it was it was a great twenty-minute segment there to talk about all all the races. It brought back a lot of memories.
4: It was really neat to see the history as well as the ancient graphics.
0: well David on location. Yeah, to see the old games and stuff. But it really, it's uh, the twenty minutes is uh, interviews with Greg Hill, Dave Kamer, Steve Myers, Dale Junior, uh, some others, key people that were part of the you know the foundation of iRacing. And it's just neat to see the history, to hear them, see them on screen. Um, I love stuff like this. This is great. It's like a history lesson.
1: I loved I loved watching uh, Dave Kammer talk about everything because he was so involved in it from the get-go he's he's like my james halloway from ready player one of uh nascar racing games and uh it was really cool to watch him go over he got a little technical even on some of his descriptions of how technical. everything started yeah way above <laughs> my head technical wise but but you know that's how his mind thinks and that's how he's been able to do all these uh amazing tire models and everything over the years so it was really cool to see that
4: one thing I also did notice is when they started talking about the the first uh, 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 pro invitational race, you could hear the uh, the attitude that we were talking about from the get go on that on the very first introduction even.
0: Oh, when they first did the first race from Mike Joy and all that, yeah, that was a big moment. But that start number of the one video. fan, Mike Joy's number one fan, Mike Ellis. And we want Alan Bestwick back is what we want. You know, with Jeff Gordon leaving, you know, let's mix things up.
1: <laughs> I was really surprised to see, like, uh, stories like uh, Brad Keselowski. And I didn't realize he was that into the gaming. Um, he talked about his history in, in early in his uh, career and uh, even before his career, really, how he got so involved in it. And that's kind of how he got interested in racing. I, don't,
2: I Like, it's kind of hard to believe, you know, he just didn't seem that enthusiastic you think if you know you got junior's enthusiasm about all this stuff iRacing and then with the way brad's interviewed there you'd think he'd be the same type of ambassador for but maybe it's just not his personality to do that type of thing but i've never seen brad talk about it that way until that point well dale definitely came across
0: with how passionate he is i mean he tells a story of how you know early in his nascar career it was all about i racing and it was about what do i need to do to get back to i racing and and that's what he thought about night and day and wanted to do and that kind of thing and it's just so cool to hear that passion that we all share that passion that's why we're on this show i mean and uh it was neat to hear it come out of his mouth and have him talk about it and see that glimmer in his eye so to speak Okay, the big uh,
5: topic is Four Hours of Charlotte, Kyle. All right, so uh, last weekend was the Four Hours of Charlotte, um, but we've got a little disc- disgruntled person here. Uh, last weekend was Four Hours of Charlotte, but despite a great charity event, not everyone had a great event. Aaron Stillwell posted in the forums that a guy drove around For one and a half hours, wrecking everyone intentionally after spending the first two hours wrecking half the field, probably unintentionally, finishing with 225 incident points and four hours and gained SR. Gained SR. (laughs) How did that happen? Yeah.
2: Well, which means his SR was.
0: Yeah,
2: well, it's probably the lowest. It's so low that he had nowhere to go with it so it was unlimited
0: repairs i don't know if it was supposed to be that way but it was and that's how this happened is the guy would just wreck and wreck everybody and he would just get repaired and go back out and wreck and and whoever was in that split got wrecked by this guy like literally everybody and if you read through the thread multiple people are like yep i was in that thread and that guy hit me you know
5: so you know what that tells you, though? It tells you that
2: these races are not moderated at all by anyone from iRacing. Well, what should happen is, I hope I hope that somebody put in some videos of this. But if if it's that many, I'm sorry, but that person shouldn't be allowed. It, he, there is no they intention to, to on be on iRacing. They shouldn't be on iRacing. They should have, you know, if if people are getting banned for for words and and. and you know, other wreckings and stuff like that on that are publicized. You know, when you're in a charity event, you know, you should be showing, this should be shown as the best thing that it can be. And that should never happen. You should, you're not welcome in iRacing if you're, if you're doing that. So the fast repairs I want to address,
0: I think it was awesome that they were on personally, they helped me and I'll talk about that later, but it's a charity event. People are like, you know, I'm going to get, charity money for every lap I complete, let's make sure they can complete the race, okay? And by having fast repairs on, they everybody can complete the race no matter what happens. And I love that idea that they turned it on. But maybe there should be a limit to them. Maybe it should be 20 fast repairs or something, you know?
1: Or an incident count limit, maybe.
0: A high one, maybe. Yeah, or something. Yeah, because, really just high, to avoid
1: these right.
2: kind of people, right? This yes. person should have got DQ'd for something, but he didn't. It's four hours at that track. It should have never gone over a hundred, maybe even seventy-five incidents.
0: Right, just put up some big old number of incident limit, like a hundred, like you said, and and if it because it's some outrageous per number, and then if somebody does something outrageous, they'll
2: actually get DQ. I mean, I'm guessing did these gets these weren't these were split as just in general, right? It wasn't split by I rating, was it? No, no I rating so, or safety rating. So you okay. could have higher ratings with with guys that have you know obviously it sounds like this guy was probably a rookie license but because someone said that there shouldn't be any rookies licensed loud in these type of events but i I think it was still split by i rating but it didn't affect i rating no and but well no because we just said he got he gained sr so it must have been official um i looked at the my results and there were nobody got i rating then that uh, well that doesn't make any sense then but um it's still, it's still unacceptable in any part of this racing. We're, it's never been allowed, and, you know, it shouldn't be allowed. It, they should be gone. All right, so moving on to
0: leak week is what I call it because leaks are common. And Greg Hill, uh, executive vice president over at iRacing, uh, really did it uh, by releasing during the race uh, some Twitter uh, feed Uh, A thread, actually. Um, And basically he said, last year we decided to try something outside the comfort zone. We created Mount Washington Hill Climb in iRacing. And he shows uh, some pictures of the mountain under snow. um, And he said our visit would have to wait. And then he goes on into a thread, basically telling how they've scanned this Mount Washington uh,
5: Hill Climb. So my question is, if you look at the picture, you see a snow cat removing snow, and it's posted July 31st, 2021. Is there snow July
2: 31st? That high? (laughs) Yeah. No, they posted it. It was a pretty – they've had the picture for a while. They were just leaking it then. I was going to say. Because they are saying – because I don't know if you've ever been up – I think if I remember correctly, I've taken the actual drive on the Mount Washington Road. You can go, it that the the amount of changes is ridiculous. The the temperature from the bottom to the top. Now, there's been a hint about this that we
0: missed. Uh, The hint was, and it was uh, racesimcentral.net put this out, but they said um, it was noted on the Formula V announcement that the render of that car showed one piece of color in an otherwise colorless image, and that was a decal saying that this car climbed Mount Washington. So that's, they left us probably, a tidbit yeah, there, and nobody found it.
1: That's one of the few Easter eggs they probably ever got away with without somebody snagging it and figuring it out. But this is so far out of their normal purview, you know, it's a point-to-point track. It's not, you know, it's, you don't start and stop at the same place uh, as an oval or, or even a road course. So this is completely different than anything they've done before. So I wouldn't even, if I had saw that sticker, I wouldn't even have thought much of it.
2: I'm interested to see how they host, how the events shake out, like how they're going to structure an event to do it. Like are they, you know, is it still going to be a race where you you know try and get the fastest time? Can you have multiple cars go up at a time? I just wonder if this means we're going to get snow now that we're getting rain. I can't
5: wait for snow. I'm built for snow. Okay, so part of the
0: tweet uh, thread on this, I'm going to read some of it. It says, one of the big challenges was the sheer volume of trees and vegetations. Uh, It's quite beautiful at the mountain and as you ascend and encounter different types of vegetation and scenery at different layers of elevation. The sheer volume of rocks was a problem as well and so the good thing about trying a project out of your wheelhouse is it forces you to try new things we cannot place trees the way we have before and there were too many rocks so various shaders were needed to blend materials in a more convincing way so we invested in technical solutions for these problems and those solutions will help with quality on all future tracks the more efficient instancing of rocks will lead to more complex track features like an expanded use of 3D fencing, curbs, tire walls, all rendering
2: efficiently. So, you know, they've been on a, haven't they been hiring some more 3D artists and stuff like that in the last little bit here? I wonder if some of these people have started getting into all this stuff. So check the YouTube video that we dropped
0: in just a few minutes before the broadcast. Um holy cow, look at the trees, look at the trees. I mean, they are so different than the current trees and iRacing. I mean, they look, they look real.
1: Yeah. The, the current trees and iRacing are like a, you know, like a four sided plus sign that, you know, in the distance gives it volume look, but these look like they're, you know, individually rendered uh, limbs yeah. and branches and everything. It's, it's beautiful. It's, a, it's amazing. And you know, this is a pretty fairly long track. So that's gonna be quite a bit of rendering on that kind of stuff.
2: I wanna know where they're gonna stick Dale and Steve.
5: (laughs)
0: So the comments on this video I looked at, uh, people are worried about FPS. I mean, is this gonna kill FPS to have to render all the trees and rocks and everything individually like this? We just need graphics cards.
1: I imagine there might be some uh, fine tuning you can do to uh, turn up or turn down the detail in it. Like you do with crowds and pit roads and stuff like that. Maybe help you out with that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. There'll be a, probably another graphic setting kind of thing. Yep, Exciting. I'm excited to try it. Um, Greg, I think you mentioned, does this mean new cars? I mean, cause the cars we have aren't necessarily designed for this, right? The
2: hill climb events are like, special different classes so it'd be kind of interesting to see do we get you know we're probably going to be able to use everything for my racing on it but what about you know are they going to come up with they've got to come up with another car that's specifically from that
1: you would think so yeah at the same time just about anything can go up this track you know anything from like they had formula v's to anything Uh, it's it's not, not so dependent on a certain type of car that that um any any other discipline can uh, can utilize this track in creative ways.
5: Well, I think it'll probably favor the rally cars more than anything. Um, but I think you like everyone's saying you can race just about
2: any vehicle on it, no problem. It's a pavement track. Um, Go ahead. Not man. dirt. Well, you know, it'd be interesting to see. You know, is it just you know is it just one car on at a time? or can you do like say four or six or something and race people up the hill or something? Like, I don't, it'd be interesting to see how it does it. No, there's no way. Look at the video on the that Kyle has here.
5: Yeah. us about that? Okay. So going along with the, uh, the Mount Washington here or Washington mountain, uh, we've got a video from 2017 of Travis Pastrana setting the record time up the mountain. Uh, actually he did it in five minutes, 44 seconds, if I'm not mistaken. A heck of a run, Uh, and I tell you what—if the game is anything like the real track that we see in this video, it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And you're not racing other people. This is single lane racing.
0: Yeah. This will be beat the time. Yeah, you know, he he put up a five minute time. You got to try to beat it, kind of thing.
1: Another thing you see with this video is just how dangerous this track is. You know, if you you miss a turn by a little bit, you're going down. You know, you're going down the side of a mountain, and and that's not something that iRacing's ever really had to render before either. Usually, you just you know, you just uh, warp back to your pit stall or something like that. Are they going to be rendering the, the mountain side? Yeah. So well, that's
5: another if, thing that'd be unusual. Um, if you scroll up there, you they've got that. Um, I don't know image of the mountain itself they might
2: have scanned the entire exterior portion of the mountain i hope so it'd be interesting what are you going to do fall off and crash <laughs> like yeah. it'd be interesting how far how far do they render it now i grew up in colorado and this initial
0: uh, immediately made me think of the pike's peak hill climb and boy oh boy i hope they scan pike's peak man that's got to be next isn't that like an eight yeah, or nine minute
2: run Close to a ten minute run on average. Yeah, that's what I thought. So you're looking at you're looking at the length of uh, the Northsleifer, right? You know, that's lengthwise. Okay, so let's keep going. It's Leak
0: Week. So uh, next up, Rain. So Greg Hill uh, tweeted out progress photos of Rain in action. You can see open wheel car. Uh, looks like it's what Sonoma, maybe. Hockenheim Hockenheim. Okay. Uh, in the rain, you know, in the wet, uh, what do you guys think about rain coming? Lisa, yeah, I think that's Hockenheim.
2: I think it'll, I, sorry, Kyle. I think it'll be, it'll be a great addition. I just, I think we've had this discussion. We, we don't want it to be like overused. Like, you know, you go into a race and like, can you start, do you know what the, like, how are we going to know what the weather conditions are and race like, for these races? Or is it something like, when we do our 24 hours, obviously anything can happen in a 24 hour race, but you know, over your they got a lot of sprint races that are in 45 minutes to an hour long, you know, it'd be overdone if it rains every time or, you know, starts racing in the rain and then gets dry or something like that. I think it just has to be used as its own weather pattern, uh, randomly, I guess.
4: On average, how many F1 races a year end up with rain?
2: Probably two to three so I don't want think to match match that match it match. has
4: the same ratio. Yeah. Cause I don't want to be racing in rain all the time, but if it kind of matches how often you're in real life, that would be cool.
5: Well, see, I always w- wondered now that, you know, it's been leaked. Is it going to run off
2: a live weather pattern or not? It's possible. I mean, you could, they, they could run it, you know, it doesn't have to be completely accurate, but if some place is getting rain in that track at that day, they can just say, okay, it's on for the, anytime you're racing at that time and it could dry out. But that's kind of in conflict of the way it works now. I mean, like, if you go to
0: AI and you're trying to pick a time of year to race, there's certain times a year at certain tracks they actually don't let you race.
2: Well, and I think the other thing that that causes, too, is a problem is if you build a setup, say, even with that F1 car, if you build a setup and go into a race and it starts, you know, raining, you obviously got to do some, you know, you got to change a different... You know, some some places you try and trim it out crazy. You got to do some adjustments to uh, get some downforce on it for you know rain and stuff like that. So there's got to be allow you to do some of that stuff.
4: Yeah, you need a forecast or something along those lines because nobody in in real life doesn't know what the weather's going to be. You know, if they know a, a few days in advance whether there's at least a chance.
0: Well, remember, you know, when they developed the weather system to begin with. Uh, night and day transitions, I mean, going back. um, And then this is going to be baked into it. So it'll be interesting how it plays out. Is it only going to be for road is another outstanding question. Are we going to see this in oval? Like I wouldn't be offended if we had a red flag during an NIS race for rain uh, once or twice in a season just for fun. You know, just let's have a 10-minute break. (laughs) Problem
2: is, is what happens if it's, What if it's your only race of the week and you get interrupted that way? Like it's kind of, it's one thing if you get four, four starts in a week and you get it's once it happens. If it's your race that you're in, I I don't know if I would have that sitting out. Well, it's bad enough with some of the cautions at some of these places, imagine trying to sit for a little bit, wait for a weather pattern to go by. I don't see the ovals doing it. You're going to race in the rain on the, on the road courses, but I don't see the ovals having any weather pattern for it
4: nobody enjoys the oval races when they just turn into a caution fest. So how in the world is sitting there and parking for 10 minutes going to be more fun.
1: And you
2: know what the as parking there, someone's going to walk away and there's going to be a car sitting on the track or something like that. Cause someone just walked away and didn't come back to their sim. Okay. Let's keep moving on leak week, Greg. Well, we just had an interesting weekend. Speaking of rain, you know, you know, Hungary ring had uh had a, a rain r- started race and it caused shenanigans for the uh Grand Prix for F1 but uh, now we got the Hungar Hungarian uh, track uh Hungary ring coming to iRacing uh did we actually get a confirmation when it would be ready or just that they're no, scanning working on it just soon so you know that's pretty exciting cuz we're starting to I'm wondering if this getting these F1 tracks in is going to eventually get us to getting an updated F1 car of some sorts, like within a a year or two span of what it, you know, what we're at right now, we're, we're, what are we at? Like six or seven year old car. Now it's right at the beginning of the hybrid era. You might get what you want, but yeah, there's a render
0: here that shows the track. Uh, It's not finished by any means, but they're working on it.
2: Obviously it's a really, that's a really technical track. And it's, I think it would really race really well in a lot of the GTs and, Um, I I don't know how the um, hybrid cars would be on it, but it would be interesting to find
0: out. And the timing of this was right after the F1 race. A lot of people were on
2: social media, and that's when they they put this one out, I believe. Well, they kind of throw shades at what happened in the race by saying take it easy into turn one because five cars exited the race because of turn one. Okay, and um, we
0: lost Brian, but he'll be back, I think. So I'll take this one. Other leaks that we found, we found a reply on Twitter uh, to a uh, at KManger25. He said, any word on Watkins Glen or Phoenix getting proper updates? And we got a reply from Greg Hill. We're working on both. So Phoenix is confirmed. Watkins Glen
5: confirmed. And they're both scanned, I understand, too. Yeah, Watkins Glen was a big talk last night in my NIS race about getting rescanned. So I'm, I'm glad to see they're doing it. It needs it. And then we're going to have the neon cactus at Phoenix.
0: How about that?
2: Woo-hoo, so are they actually going to move the start finish line then? I guess. Yeah, that's the whole idea. This reach Yeah. How many times have they scanned Phoenix? It's like three <laughs> already. Four. This will be the third, I think. They had to
0: do it after we got the new stands. And got re- and now that now they've done this redo so now will we get phoenix in time for the phoenix race that's
2: my question um well can i jump ahead to one here too mike um i know there was a talks about the indianapolis two being uh updated as well but it sounds like indy's not going to be ready till next year i don't think maybe maybe none of these tracks get ra- ra- ready until 2022 yeah these are basically works in progress what are they working on these are
0: leaks basically that I I think in some cases they put out purposely
2: in other cases, maybe they didn't like, let's talk about about that. Hold on. Sorry, Mike, to finish that segment up. If you think about it, 2022, we're going to go into it with pretty much every track being updated for the NASCAR cup series to within a year or two of the, you know, of what it should be accuracy wise. Thanks to the Pro Invitational,
0: really. I mean, how many tracks got updated because, just because of that? Because we were,
2: they were going to that track. Yeah, and and it's great because now you know Atlanta's probably going to. Atlanta's already pretty much recreated. They're going to scan it obviously and redo it once they actually have the track. But uh, service, but that's going to be fully. That one was an older track from on here. I think I gotta believe Sonoma is probably the oldest track that they have on here now that hasn't been touched in a while. Maybe Bristol? But Bristol had dirt so it's been scanned. Yeah, and Sonoma's probably going away. Possibly. And we're going to have
5: New California eventually. How about those unintentional leaks, Kyle? Uh, It looks like Gene uh, Christoph Buchat posted in the forums that he just watched the Greco interview and noticed that he had the Ferrari Evo GT3 in his car list. Uh, In the second-to-last row on the picture, the last letter looks like a number four, so that uh, might be the AMG GT4, confirmed. Uh, It could also be the Porsche GT4. Uh, P.S., on the list, there are also CART and 3 Formula Renault, but maybe the 3.5A
2: was the old-slash-alpha. I'm gonna I'm gonna fix that what you said there, Kyle. Jean Jean Christophe, Christophe Boucher. That was close. That was real close. <laughs> Wouldn't never know the difference. That's okay. okay. Interesting. It looks like a lot of the GT cards are getting scanned now for for iRacing, eh? It it looks like they're trying to fill that field out as much as they possibly can. Well, it's getting to be more popular too, it feels like.
0: So in the video that Craig Hill put out, he was sitting in front of his computer and he had the, his car list on the screen behind him, and that's what they're referring to. So this wasn't anything that he intentionally leaked. This was just information that was visible in the video, um, and people are like, well, how, how does he have a Ferrari Evo and the rest of us don't? Do
1: well, you,
5: you think to- maybe that it was one of those like hidden little drops that, you know, wasn't
2: intentionally put out there, but it was intentionally put out there. Well yeah, I don't think they're that wise. I think the thing is I think sometimes you can read into this. They've probably scanned a lot of a couple cars that we never were privy to too, right? Like I mean it might be down the road, but you never can guarantee just, you know one thing I learned in building you know, drawings and assets and things like that when you're doing it, you create a whole bunch of stuff. doesn't mean you always use it all, right? I mean, that file could have been anything. It could be a sound. It could be whatever it wants, right? So if you go to the thread and go halfway down,
0: I somehow lost this off the script, but Hawkey Grothier pointed out, uh, he said, I'm going to call it. He said, "the the picture that shows the words Mercedes W12 that's actually also known as the Mercedes F1 2021
2: car which that i really highly doubt that they got a scan of i don't unless first unless the actual mercedes company asked the f1 team to let them scan it there's no way that they would they'd have that up to date car in here like, yeah there it says mercedes w12 I just, I honestly just don't. I can't see it being it because <laughs> why would you, why would you scan it on here, and then you got guys like Max Versteffen and Lando Norris being able to jump in here and, and use that type of thing that's a, a rendered scan of it. Now, hockey goes on
0: to say in a, a subsequent post, he says maybe the W12 is an alias for the current McLaren F1 car. That would explain why the car on the Hockenheim screenshot back when Hockenheim was about to be released in a similar rain shot we saw yesterday had the 2021 livery on it. I choose to believe one or the other is legit. It's the last year of this F one generation. So they will be obsolete next
2: year. Anyway, nothing to hide for McLaren or uh, Mercedes. So that is a good point. I didn't think about it. That is the last generation of that car. So that means you wouldn't be releasing it. If anything, it wouldn't be released till after the 2021 season is finished. So are we getting a current F one car maybe? Well, if you're gonna get it, you might as well get the one of the faster cars on the grid now, right? The
5: thing is, doesn't you know, like the F one game doesn't it own the rights to all the F
2: one cars to where iRacing wouldn't we'll go get their hands on it? FIA's got their fingers in that, right? It depends on yeah, I guess it would depend on who says it's okay. Like what if they went you know, if Mercedes might have a say in it too, I don't know, but Mike's right. the FIA usually would kibosh all that stuff if there's licensed stuff involved but but like you said
0: before, why are we getting all these f1 tracks so easily? Uh, you know and now
2: you know it kind of ties in with that Well, isn't there a discussion about you know there you know Monaco was even they'd love to do Monaco at one point like if you're if you're investing that time at time you know you got to have something that actually races on it all the time right
1: they're getting ready to run that series in the uh, iro1 uh, jet car right so maybe they want all these uh, for that all the stuff for that right
0: yeah and it doesn't make sense to have an f1 car when they're trying to get this iro1 off the ground you
2: know
1: yeah that that would kill that like right away
2: Yeah, but iRacing's never really cared about competing series that way, would they? Like, look how many different Porsches they have. Like, I I don't – I just don't – I don't think that matters because the IRL one has – is it really – That was an internal project. Yeah, it's an internal project, but it's also a fantasy. If you – if if Mercedes walked up to you and let you walk, you know, scan their car today, I'm sure iRacing goes fine. I'll do – you know, they're like, yeah, it's definitely –
0: Okay, we're going to keep going on the leaks, guys. Next up, uh, we got Jordan on Twitter tweeted out, hey, let's uh, get Slinger next as a short track. And sure enough, Dale Earnhardt Jr. responded and said, we're working on it. So we we have have another
2: track announcement. I think you should have done this in the other order because this was on that post, was it not, Mike? Well, this is when he announced Hickory,
0: And then he, uh, and then this guy replied to the post about Hickory, and then he said, "Oh yeah, we're doing Slinger too." Well, and
2: and Brian here, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna take this Hickory thing here, so, because I, I don't know if you guys listened to the Dale Jr. download this week, but he, he, he leaked that obviously Dale, that was his first contract when he signed in as. On his thing, so Dale signed that track, the Hickory track, and then I'm guessing this post. And I don't know when he says working on it. Does working on it mean they've actually got the rights to it, or are they working on the deal to try and get that track? Scan? He did It's try. kind of it's kind of hinted, right? But also, Dale was talking about the nice the thing about Hickory is, is he's found out from the the guy that the people that own Hickory Motor Speedway that um, someone's gone out and purchased a billboard. Uh, on the track before it got scanned or was it slinger or hickory one of the tracks but anyways they've purchased a billboard so that when it is scanned that company is now uh, on that billboard in iRacing so there's revenue dollars um you know people that that sign is forever ingrained in iRacing now
0: yeah and i guess dale did the paperwork like he did the the negotiation with the track on the contract, you know, to get it scanned and all that. So, uh,
2: pretty cool. Well, and I think, could this be one of the reasons why Dale was well, jumped in a little bit more too, so that he can get these short tracks involved more. Cause obviously all the NASCAR tracks are done and any of the European and stuff around the world tracks, like the road course stuff, they got to work out slowly, but, you know, if you bring him into the track, I'm sure you're you're going to get all these tracks to agree to get them scanned. Oh, yeah. right?
0: If you're a short track owner and you got Dale Earnhardt Jr. ringing your phone, you're going to listen. All right, and then well, yeah, go ahead.
1: I was going to say you might even be calling him, and saying, "Hey, come to my short track. Right?
2: Come, come help us. Come scan it. Well, and he'll know the best ones to scan sooner than some of the others, right? Like, I mean. He, He might want the uh, iRacing to, you know, immortalize some of these tracks that he's doing on Lost Speedways before they disappear completely. But, uh, you know, moving on to, like, the next thing here, we have uh, Traxton uh, website here, I guess. Justin uh, Malello posted or had an article about it, uh, just about some of the stuff with uh, iRacing adding, you know, confirming rain, uh, is in the development some of the cars that they're talking about. And I thought it was kind of interesting reading through the article here that they're. we've been wondering what they're going to do with the, uh, you know, the multi-class cars with the with the new manufacturers changing um, the d- different hybrid systems that are coming. And I guess the LMDH classified that the new, the new hybrid c- category that's coming to, uh, I guess, Hypercar- under the FIA, it is, It'll, the hypercar, sorry, sorry, the hypercars. Uh, what's that going to do? You know, they're going to have to come up with something. Um, you know, for Daytona with the Daytona hi- hypercars and stuff like that. Um, so it's interesting to see. You know, are we going to get some like Acura, Audi, BMW, Porsche at some point with all these different uh, regulations that are coming out in the next couple of years for these Enduro series under the FI standards? But I don't know. Does that affected with the you know, new agreements that someone when somebody else when that other company purchased a um, contract with certain series and things like that. Who knows if that's going to affect some of it uh, on here as well? Well, I think the the real story
0: is they plan on building it. Okay, they're going to build a hypercar. They're going to build a 2022 hypercar. You know, I think when we've talked about IMSA in the past and road racing and you know, DP cars and stuff. We always get these older ones because nobody wants to give us anything current. Well, it sounds like uh, you know, Steve Myers has plans to get a current car here.
2: Well, I I think it's the hardest thing to do when it's you get up into those bigger series, they want to keep their secrets hidden, right? It it those cars are so meticulous. It's, it's hard to ask somebody for it. But if you got
0: BMW and Porsche involved and they're already in bed with iRacing completely you know it makes sense to think that you know maybe both of them maybe it's going to be like who can get the iRacing you know hypercar first out you know you know and they would take the thunder
2: yeah and and, and the other part of this article too had they did the this is where i read about the indianapolis part uh indianapolis motor speedway has been recently rescanned completely but they're not expecting anything to be released until next year. Um, But also Monaco, what I was talking about, Monaco here, that was talked about. Um, But I think it's kind of interesting. They're talking about drag racing here in the bottom. If they're doing drag racing, is that like another thing when they're they're trying this hill climb thing, they're stepping out of their you know, something different. Maybe, you know, we might see something like drag racing down the road. Well, it's a drag racing
0: is something that has been talked about, but they don't see it likely just yet. Um, some other tidbits here was, uh, yeah, Indy got scanned, um, and then the rain uh, timeline, it says whether or not that translates into its shipping by the end of the year, I don't think we're ready to say that. We want to make sure we do it right internally, at least. We'll certainly be driving around in rain uh, by the end of
2: the year. I don't think we see it. It's probably one of those things that's, you know, even if we get it, there's going to be some things, problems with it, then it's going get- to brings back and they rain it back a bit i think it's going to be one of those big huge things in progress for 2022 have you ever had a week in iRacing that we've had
0: this much content announced in a seven-day period i don't think we have
1: need to have more uh more of these um charity races so we can get information like this on a regular basis well and do you think it, dro- it dropped
2: because of all that brian like do you think that it well, started it, yeah. It started it, did it? But did it, you know, keep it going because it was just did it just, just everything kept going all week.
0: Well, I mean, if you look at the Slinger announcement, it was based off a question about the Hickory announcement, and then we had the the Formula One thing and the so and the uh, Ferrari Evo that was a uh, based off of a screenshot of a computer screen and a video. So I think there were some unintentional leaks as well. You know the Phoenix and uh and Watkins Glen rescan that was based off of a reply on a Twitter too that wasn't something they
2: said during the race so it's basically just a lot of you know once some you know something gets leaked you know people poke and prod and they were kind of just uh, you know willing to share some of the stuff pretty cool Kyle how did it fin- finish
0: though for the four hours of Charlotte
5: uh so I want to pat everyone on the back who uh helped donate for the, uh, the four-hour race for the Multiple Sclerosis Society, if I can speak um, terrible words today for some reason, Multiple Sclerosis Society, they raised over $55,000 for that charity. Yep, well done. Um, finally, to wrap it up, they're
0: also, iRacing put out their own uh, page uh, website uh, with uh, a list of the leaks I I think they missed some, so I'll I'll refer you guys to iracerslounge.com for a complete list.
2: (laughs) Well, their leaks were the leaks that they confirmed. The other stuff was, a lot of those other leaks are speculation leaks that aren't completely
0: confirmed. I don't think that you can, I I don't know about that. So like the Phoenix and the Watkins Glen, that's Greg Hill, the executive vice president of iRacing. We're talking staff are,
2: are confirming this but it's just basically yeah i guess i think they're trying to do the noteworthy things i guess if something's already exists in iRacing, maybe they didn't want to think that was as big a news right well i mean on their page they put rain confirmed
0: mount washington uh hickory and that's it that's all they listed so the ferrari evo that's speculation i would say we haven't had an employee say anything about that and the f1 car too that's still speculation Okay, and they're busy, so help is wanted. Brian.
1: Yeah, so with all this stuff they're doing, they need more help. Uh, so another job op- opportunity has opened at iRacing. This time they're looking for web engineers. So um, they're looking for an experienced, detail oriented senior web engineer. Um, you know, t- uh, it's got to be uh, next gen web applications like React, Redo, and WebSocket. So that all that stuff's a must uh but go to the go to the um if you have this kind of background uh, go to the forums and look it up and maybe this will be right for you
5: okay and who's ready to do some painting um well it looks like here that they are going to be uh implementing the number change on the uh stock cars here so looks like we're gonna be moving them forward so if you've got a paint that you really like that you're using get ready to change where that number is located at. Obviously for 2022 season, this is, uh, in reference
0: to for NASCAR, but you know, if NASCAR is going to change it, we're going to end up with it in iRacing. So, um, kind of, uh, interested to see how my paint
2: would look like with its modified number movement thing. I think Bobby will do a, a perfectly fine job figuring out how to make it flow better with, uh, like we were talking about in our messenger you know you got less of a back panel there behind like a quarter panel behind the uh the tire and stuff so you know that's why they want to move it forward so they got more advertising area there uh, on these new cars so i think it'll be great i just don't know how you know obviously it's gonna have a, a certain size um like it does on the side of the car we're just moving it forward to right behind the tire right I don't I mean
0: when we talked about this on our thread I was I'm a little down on it because NASCAR I don't know I mean it's been around forever and there's an identity to NASCAR and I think the number placement is part of the identity and and they've just monkeyed with so much stuff and they just have thrown everything to the wind that used to be tradition you know and to to do this on you know it just rubbing salt in the wound i guess and i'm not the only nascar fan out there who thinks that about the numbers
2: is nascar in in i racing the, the nascar the trucks the xfinity are they the only cars that have the main major numbers but like changes like it like the way it's that you can change the color the font like completely um do identical with the paint job like a lot of the other ones are all just placed in their number and like any of the IMSA cars and all those road cars, it's basically inside of a box and that's what it is. Like you're right, Mike, like it's, it's identity because of its uniqueness. You can, it's unique to you or your car. I
0: think NASCAR is going to regret this, but we'll see
2: where it lands. So we got a winner again. Uh, So Bernard uh, Polar Jr. um, Tweeted, he's got another He's in front car tweeted from victory lane again, uh, was sharing his enthusiasm on Twitter, uh, in his, uh, allied pit crew shirt. Uh, he's pumped up, uh, screaming. He looks happy as can be. Um, I mean, we're all like that when we get a win and it's good to see him enjoying doing this again, because I think it was a time that we just didn't see many tweets from him and now he's back doing it again. It's good to see him enjoying the racing again.
0: It's nice to see him win more than once. Uh, You know, the floodgates were going to open once he got that first one, and uh, it's neat to see his uh, reaction on the second win. I mean, he's just as pumped. I mean, and to hear him screaming
5: out, let's go, you know, and he loves it. Now, if only we can get him to reply back to our tweets about getting him on the show. (laughs) I I can get him to reply to everything else that comment, but I can't get him to reply back to that. So during the Coke
0: race, uh, Richmond E Raceway, I guess it is one of the Porsche, um, one of the Coke teams. I mean, they were tweeting at uh, Bernard Pollard, trying to goad him into a, doing a race against the two Coke drivers they have. Hey, let's do a head-to-head or something like that. And uh, he, I think he agreed to it against Mullis and uh, Novak. Yeah, good luck.
1: Maybe a Speedway. Okay, Bri- uh, this is just Yeah, go ahead, Brian. And this is uh just a reminder that hey, the uh, Porsche Tag Heuer eSports Super Cup began its qualifying round this week at the Hockenheim Ring. So, uh if uh you were interested in trying to qualify for the for the uh, Super Cup, make sure you get your your uh, races in and uh, so it's starting this week.
0: Okay. And next up, we had some updates from iRacing. Uh, no real release notes, though, because these were database updates um, or database maintenance, and so there's really no release notes. I, I think it happened on Wednesday. And then we got note Wednesday, uh, an emergency uh, patch or uh, emergency maintenance needs to happen on Thursday. And I think a lot of Road to Pro teams like uh, held their breath. Like, what are they changing? <laughs> Quick, everybody, change from being a Chevy driver, be a Ford or Toyota, you'll be fine. Right. Do I need to get out of the Chevy? Yeah. But no, they didn't change anything like that. It was just a normal uh, database uh, update this morning, even though it was called an emergency maintenance. I don't know if I i was telling the guys, I don't know if I've heard them use the word emergency before in a release. And Greg, you were thinking it it would—it must be a, a competition thing if it's an emergency, right?
2: Well, it's got to be something that obviously was in dire need. Like it's something that if it's a city, if you're going to, they've never really titled it emergency. Have they like, unless it's something that's has broken the SIM. So is it a threat that they had found or, you know, it's something that has to get done before a certain time before somebody, something happens in a specific race or whatever, but it just seemed odd that they entitled
1: it that. All right, guys, uh, next up, so um, the Allied Esports has a um, a giant gaming truck that they're going to be taking around to NASCAR events. So it's a you know it's a big a uh, eighty foot eighteen um, wheeler type of uh, truck that folds open and it's going to have casters and booths and everything in there where you got where people who were at these races. So it's going to start at uh, Watkins Glen and then go all the way to Phoenix. Can go in and play. Um, do these uh, racing games um, Some of them are like Rocket League and Mario Kart Deluxe But iRacing will be on there as well So partici- fan- if you participate You'll have a chance to play for prizes And giveaways throughout each weekend act- Activity So so uh, look for this truck If you go into any of these uh, NASCAR events coming up It uh, doesn't look like it'd be something you can miss Because it's a monster And uh, it looks really cool
0: Oh man, I mean The branding on the truck is eNASCAR. Okay And what a way to promote e-NASCAR, you know, know, to get a big rig, you know, behind the grandstand at these races, uh, let the fans see the logo, uh, go try the iRacing. They can sit down and try it. I mean, what a way to capture uh, the fans' interest here.
2: Well, that's how you get future customers and and, and future fans. Like you're saying, it's, you know, a lot of people don't buy things until they can test it or, don't uh, invest in anything if th- there's nothing to you know no product to show it off and it's really hard to show off racing if you don't sit down and do it or any of these these things so why not have these on on you know you're they're looking for more interactive things to do on a weekend these things need to be at the track to get the fans back cool
1: now that there are fans at the track
2: that right. is
0: true A couple reminder posts. First, Kyle, the 2021 Knoxville
5: Nationals. Uh, Yeah, just a reminder of an upcoming iRacing Knoxville Nationals, the annual Sprint Car Championship uh, event held at Knoxville Raceway in Knoxville, Iowa, using the 410 Wing Sprint Car. Date is August 16th to the 21st, Monday through Friday, one time slot at 9 p.m. Eastern each day. That's 2 GMT. Uh, Saturday Super Session taking the top 60 in overall points from the race week, 9 p.m. Eastern at 2 o'clock GMT.
0: Okay, and then I think I saw something about they were going to add a second Super Session, but I don't have the details. Uh, that's a not next week, but the week after. Now, what else is going on is the Gridfinder Paint Festival Contest is still ongoing, and I think we have two entries so far. I mean, Somebody's going to win gloves, sim racing gloves, and $50 in iRacing credit uh, and a guest spot on the show. If you can get a GridFinder paint with iRacers Lounge as a sponsor on the side and submit that on social media and gridfinder.com via the rules that we have on our website, by August 18th, we're going to pick a winner. Um, Now... Earlier today, I saw a a tweet from Grid Finder of a Cadillac CTS uh, done up in the colors, and boy, did it look sweet. I don't know if that's an official entry to the contest or if that's something they put together or what. I'd have to figure that out. But it's a beauty, and I was looking for a paint for the Cadillac too, so maybe that's what they did me a paint, so I'll I'll, I'll certainly have to load that up. It is available on uh, Trading Paints, guys, if you want to run that Cadillac okay next up podcast housekeeping notes don't forget about the aftermath they put out one this last Saturday it was pretty good Uh, talked about some racing that I got uh, I did as well and I was pretty happy about that Mm -hmm. I also ran across uh, the iRacers lounge at Pandora and I kind of forgot we were at Pandora we're at Spotify Um, we're at a different website I found too called podchaser.com and so, yeah, you can find us anywhere uh, a podcast can be found. Don't forget about Midwest Simulations, the coupon code Lounge, and we're on the Performance Motorsports Network.
5: So uh, to all the listeners out there, uh, Season 3 of the iRacing iRock Challenge Series is coming to an end. Uh, we're right around halfway, uh, so we are getting together a recruitment race. Uh, so we were gonna do just the top 15 from season three advanced to season four automatically, and then we do a mini season where the top 15 of them advanced to the season four. Uh, we've now changed it to the top 25 automatically advance, and we're going to do basically a basically recruitment couple of races to get five more people into the series. Um, so be sure to check that out we are the uh, iRacing iRoc Challenge Series on Facebook you can find us there Uh, you can also reach out to myself Kyle Pendingraft on Facebook as well even on Twitter at Loud Pedal Gaming Um, if you're interested in it let me know because we're going to be running the Gen 4 cars Uh, the Schedule has not been made up yet. Uh, we're still working on that. But it's going to be a lot of exciting fun. Actually, tonight we're working on cutting a promo video for it. So uh, keep your ass peeled. We'll have that shared all over Facebook and Twitter as well.
4: Will this computer run iRacing?
1: Not now. Uh, guys, uh, first up is actually a continuation of a story from last week. Um, Barry Rowland on his YouTube channel Sim Racing Garage, uh, did uh, part one of his all in one gaming review of his 8020 um uh, cockpit rig, and uh, today was uh, recently was posted part two. Um, so the first part that we covered last week was just him assembling the stuff, going through over all the parts and the connection, everything. And this week he installs the seats, the wheels, the pedals, all the peripherals are added to the rig. And, um, and, and he goes through everything. He mounts a uh, direct drive. I think it's a, um, wheel, a semi cube maybe, and, um, a Prisma Prisma racing seat. So he goes through all the steps, how he attached everything, to this system. And, um, uh, and even after adding all this extra stuff, it's still just a beautiful, beautiful rig. That, no flex. That anodized, anodized blue is just beautiful. Yeah, it's very solid, no flexing. Very nice, well built. This I still is a shifter.
0: Uh, this is definitely a Simwa, uh Simlab, you know, clone kind of Simlab replacement kind of uh, item. But I like the color. I mean, the the like you said, the blue just really makes it pop and. I think it that gives it an advantage over SimLabs. Labs. love it, and I, I'm really kind of starting to think about getting an 8020 rig, and in fact, I started a Google document making a list of different features I wanted to have because I don't want to forget something because today I was thinking I need a, a little uh, stainless steel bowl on an arm off the side of the 8020 to hold my my chocolate, my candy <laughs> You have to say trick-or-treat when you eat it, though, Mike. <laughs> All right, next up, uh, I saw this in the Facebook uh, on one of the pages, and uh, Jürgen Kopman asked the question, how about a monitor behind your back with a rear view and a real car mirror above the primary screen? What are your thoughts? I'm out on that one. <laughs> Well, first of all, could you technically do that? Could you
5: put a, the rear view somehow on a monitor behind you? You can. iRacing does have a way to change while you're driving, well, before you get into the vehicle, your camera view. So you could technically do that, but you would need to run, I don't know, maybe a separate card. I'm not too sure how that would work, but
2: I'm sure it could be done. I don't you, know you could stream it up to it and c- screen capture the I, I, I don't know if well I guess you could It'd be a delay just, yeah I was gonna say there would no way to get away the, the delay you I don't even know if you could display capture into it and just crop it to that size but I still think there'd be a delay no matter what yeah I've seen videos where people run actually racing in
5: third person view yeah Tom Coombs replied I use a mirror to warn me when the missus
0: is coming <laughs>
5: All right, so we're going to move on here to this GTR simulator racing seat. Um, I mean, it looks just like your almost everyday type of uh, sim racing seat, or even something you would put into like a tuner car. Um, they do come in some pretty good colors. though it's like—is that like a baby blue almost? Yeah, yeah. and they're—you almost call it three tone because of the black rings around the around the headrest there. But really, it's a two tone. They've got uh, baby blue with white. All white with red, uh, all black with red, and all red with white. Pretty sharp. Uh, goes for uh dollars US dollars out of SummitRacing.com. I really like the, the
2: the white with the red, but I don't know if I'd ever buy a white seat for sitting down for hours. <laughs> These are nice. Uh, I mean, affordable.
0: They look comfortable, you know, especially if you're a bigger guy. You know, it's not a traditional bucket, you know, or you're sitting in kind of thing. Looks The seat kind of has a flat uh, look to it, you know. So this reminds me of the seat on my cockpit, actually.
1: It looks like they recline too. Uh, it looks like a recliner uh, on the side there to release the backrest.
0: That's a pretty two, good value. That's 248 American, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Summit is. Yeah, said. Summit's yeah. American.
1: Yeah. That's pretty, uh, pretty reasonably priced, actually.
0: Now, this is what's got me excited, Brian, this next seat.
1: Yeah, so uh, this is from Grid Engineering. It's a Canadian company that's actually offering a full selection of SimLab seats to the U.S. market. So, uh, yeah, so they got a whole bunch of SimLab seats uh, listed on their website. Um, it's Canadian, but I'm sure they will they ship to uh, U.S.
0: And they not only sell SimLab seats, but all stuff SimLabs. Um Bobby told me today he was going to order those uh, little mounts for the triples uh, that makes them real precise. I forget what they call them. But I always have loved that new SimLab seat that they have shown on the website. Now on the grid engineering website, they don't have that particular seat yet. They have some of the older ones that Sim Lab, SimLabs has sold in the past that were branded differently. but. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, they're going to have that one available because I was really keen on that seat. You know, I w- I've been w- wanting that Max Pappa seat, but, I mean, the SimLab seat I saw, that's an easy second. The
2: P1X is the top of the line on, right? Yeah. SimLab's? Yeah, okay. We're going to do one more before results. Kyle. Alrighty. Uh
5: So what we've got here is something I think that uh, everybody's kind of looking for, uh, especially if you have an eighty twenty 20 rig. Advanced Sim Racing is offering an 80 swivel button box mount for $49.99. Um, just two simple little brackets that slide into your 80-20 uh, profile, and it looks like it does the job just fine. It, it is hard to find button box mounts that you know, will fit what you need, and I think this would be perfect for somebody with eighty twenty yeah you just run a a bar of you know the 8020
0: off the side and you put these brackets on it and you, you got a a great
2: way to mount almost any kind of box that's what i was going to say it's pretty much any size you can you can lengthen it to uh, for one of the bigger boxes or if you have a little up and down like book size one it's it's perfect for each size
1: it looks like it would work like if you use a, a stream deck or something like that too
0: Okay, if you're looking for something for that. And with that, let's jump over to results. Let's talk. The NASCAR R Racing Series is back after the Olympics, and we're at Watkins Glen. I'll start out with uh, Wednesday Open P13. On the first lap, I hit a curb on the final corner and spun out hard, and I took some guys with me. Ugh, I wasn't happy about that. I was second to dead last at that point, and I drove it back up to 13th. I was like 27th to 13th. Uh, I had one other self-spin after that, after the pit stop. Um, Otherwise, I probably would have caught Tony. Now Tony Rochette, he was in my split. He got a P12 right in front of me. He said he broke the top 10 streak of every NIS attempt this season of being top 10. Uh, He said he just wasn't fast David Hall P17 he put slow Uh, Greg I got you down as internet issue. It's more
2: like P Brian type of internet issue. (laughs) It's I spiked at one point there. Oh I don't know what happened. I lost everything on the screen and when I came to I was somewhere sitting in pit road and it never fully dropped me from the server, so I don't know what completely went wrong, but all I know, it was on pit road and yeah, it wasn't pretty and I was pissed because I was in sixth or seventh. I, was, I think I was battling for sixth, but I was having a good race too. But you didn't drop from TeamSpeak. And that's what I don't get what happened. So I don't know if it was on my end or iRacing's end. It, it never, that doesn't happen very often for me. All right, and then Kyle, you had the
0: best run of all of us, P7.
5: Yep, uh, started 7 P17, uh, ran to the top five after 13 laps. Uh, had a couple small brushes with the wall, actually uh, one coming out of the second last turn and one uh, coming out of the last turn, and uh, didn't really slow me down too much. Uh, ended up pitting through the pit cycle with about three laps to go on fuel. Uh, came out, I stayed in, I got my damage fixed because the car just, it didn't want to turn near as good. But a good damage fix got new tires got the fuel i needed and it was off to the races came out uh, i believe it was like a p11 and ended up fighting my way up to p7 nice run thank you all right and i ran earlier today thursday open
0: i was wrecked out uh basically i was having a good run um in the first lap i was like 11th or 12th start and by the by the turn one i was third so like the green went, it went green and they didn't go and so I went, I just kind of went to the right around both lanes of traffic and just drove around a bunch of them uh, while they didn't go and I I ended up third by coming out of turn one but uh, I was following uh, Tony there for a while Uh, I was right behind him just riding basically and we were going by a slower car Uh, Tony gets through and, and I'm following through turn one and some guy from like 10 car links back, drives into the rear of me. I mean, he just drove it in there. I don't know what he was thinking, but he ran me over and wrecked me, and and I ran around for a few laps and got a few spots, but uh, ended up uh, bowing out because uh, of the damaged car. Was not real happy with that. Uh, Tony Rochette ended up P5. He put redemption. Now keeping the top 10 best finishes of NIS Road of the week, Almost had fourth if I had one or two more laps. So his top 10 streak was every start, not every week. Let's keep going. Official series. Uh, Somebody told me we were running iRacing Super Speedway, and that was a mistake. (laughs) I ran B-Fixed and got wrecked uh, while leading. Um, Yeah, and so... I had another race I didn't document here where I also wrecked out. I probably lost 220 I-rating trying to run that. Kyle, what do you think of it?
5: Um, I ran PFISS. <laughs> uh, that was, oh, I had a great race a couple weeks ago with the trucks there. Got me a win. Uh, for some reason with the cars, I don't know what it was. Uh, I got taken out by the leader trying to pass on the outside. And I was just like, man, I'm done with it. Yeah, I'm not trying that again, it didn't work out. I'm like you, I lost a ton of high rating from
0: it and safety rating. All right, let's talk about four hours of Charlotte. Uh, I ran Friday night, and you're not gonna believe this. P2, baby. And I led the most laps, and I was gonna win the race. But uh, I, I led 80 laps out of the 171. I missed the queue, I almost missed the race. I walked into the office And they were gritting up, so I just barely made it. I started P11. I was up to P6 by lap three. Then, as pit stops came and went, I gradually increased positions until I was leading. Uh, The unlimited resets definitely helped me as I had a meatball not once but twice, and I pitted to fix it. So, like, I was coming to the first stop. I was going to stop in maybe a lap or two, and I accidentally hit the wall, and it was a meatball. So I'm like, "Oh, well, I guess I'll pit now." And I pit, and I get fixed, and I'm back out, and I didn't really lose anything. So it definitely saved my butt uh, those resets because there's no way I would have uh, been in contention if we didn't have them. Uh, the the winning. T- team of three people that were trading the car, uh, they, I raced them all all the, the whole night, but it was two guys, they were basically the same speed as me, and uh, keep, we were keeping the same gap to those guys, uh, they had the same I-rating as me, basically, but uh, at the end of the race, they had a third guy uh, they brought in and he had double the I rating of anybody that was on the track at that point. Double. Uh, He was a second or more quicker than me every lap. Uh, So when he got in the car he was about nine seconds back from me. Uh, He caught me pretty quick. uh, Passed me and then gapped me and um, but it it sucked. I mean it was still loads of fun. Uh, It was blasting through traffic the entire four hours. Uh, It was crazy. And there was no lull in the action. That was what's fun about it, because the Mazdas were so slow. um, There was always lap traffic. And so, um, the other thing that was interesting about it, it was really a sprint race for me, even though it was four hours long, because I really had to go hard every lap, you know, try to get as much speed as I could, because I was trying to win the thing. And I would have won it without that guy, uh, the ringer, coming in. Uh, Tony, he got he ran in as well. He got P four. He said, uh, love it, I'm about to get lapped by this potato. I go high and he runs me off the track and yells at me for being in the way. I got my payback later when I caused him a black flag by not giving him the chicane. Uh, So also read there was supposed to be two quick repairs, but they gave us unlimited. And I gotta tell you, it was really fun. I'm really glad I did it. I had no idea I could have won that race if that guy hadn't shown up or whatever. I would have won it. I had a nine second lead. Um, So super fun. Let's keep going. Hosted I ran this week, I got wrecked out doing next gen at Vegas and man, the racing is lame in that car at that track. And then Greg, uh, you entertained us big time with the podium RCR McConey setup shop race. Yeah, it was
2: uh, was an interesting event. i I went into it mike you thought it was a road course i never checked until uh we we did it i was kind of excited to be in the road course but it actually gets suzuka yeah it's the twin wings Road taggy has uh a road course part to it but it does the oval the oval is real fun it's what the it's basically a throwback to when the cup cars went there back in back in the day but uh I think I started seventh in the race. I was pretty fast. Uh, everyone, it was a 40 car field. So that was the max that they were going to have. Um, yeah, there's some pretty big heavy hitters in there that I was racing against. Uh, uh, Garrett Ains. Ains was in there. Tommy Gossett, uh, some of the R- ERCR guys. There was a bunch of them in there. Um, and I, I felt like I was holding my own for a while there and there. I just wanted to set in at the beginning of the race. And by the time we got to the pit stops. I pitted early uh, to get away from some guys and when I went down pit road, got back out, started trying to get, it was a lap down, trying to get my lap back. Uh, caution came out right as I was around the leader and I wasn't the lucky dog so, you know, we had to take wave around. so we were on old tires on the, for a little bit until another caution came out and it just ended up being caution after caution there and we ended up taking all three wet green white checkers. I was involved in a couple of them Um, I think I restarted 24th with 15 laps to go, and I drove myself up to uh, finishing P8 uh, after the third green-white checkered, so uh, where I finished, I felt pretty good. Um, Definitely enjoyed representing the uh, uh, SimRaps colors. Uh, Like you guys said, that SimRaps paint job stands out on any broadcast, whatever you're in. Um, I love that paint job, Bobby did a hell of a job on it, and uh, definitely uh, the way to go from now on while I'm running uh, all season here paint job job wise. Yeah, it was caution
0: after caution, I watched the end, it was caution after caution, every lap, I mean you guys couldn't even go a lap and it was a a caution, but it was kind of working out for you because you were gaining spots every time. Uh, Cause you had, you had stopped for new tires at some point with like 25 to go or something. And I thought, oh, okay, that's the winning move. Um, you and some others,
2: but um, yeah, it was, it was fun. I got pinched into the wall at one point near the end there. So I was kind of damaged and didn't really have any chance to fix it. Um, but I got a, I looked, I hadn't been on after that race for a couple of days. And I got a nice message from the guy that pinched me up against the wall. He said it was 100% his fault, which I don't completely agree. Someone else kind of took him up into the wall and into me where we were going through wide. So, you know, it's a racing incident late in the race. I wasn't blaming him for anything, but I appreciate the the message when somebody does that. Yeah, it's a nice gesture. All right, uh,
0: let's talk OBRL. Uh, congratulations to Josh Robinson in the Micro Center Chevy winning the Afterbath Podcast Truck Series at Watkins Glen. Ray Smith second, Steve Thompson third. Kyle,
5: iRacing I, I iRock Challenge Series Season three. Uh, yeah, so uh, let me move my mic here real quick. Uh, last Thursday night was at Knoxville, Trucks to Dirt. Um, I started, I believe it was P6, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, ran a strong race and kept myself up there in the top 10 pretty much all race long. Actually, I stayed in the top five for a- I think it's all of stage one and then stage two came and I started falling off and then when stage three came It started to get a little hairy tracks started slicking off real bad You couldn't run a top very well without getting too close to the wall And i tried to keep a zero X to get those extra bonus points So I ended up falling back to I believe a p10 for the finish Uh, all in all still a strong run Uh, I got to say within the last month. I have actually gained nine positions and points So I'm actually pretty happy with my performance here lately
4: Alright, right, well done. Grid Finder is your go-to source for finding your next sim racing league. Currently home to over 450 leagues across all gaming platforms and across 10 different racing sims, including over 80 iRacing leagues. Filter your search by racing sim, car class, race day, and region. Finding a league to fit your schedule has never been this easy. Visit www.grid-finder.com to find a league or upload your own. Grid Finder. GridFinder.com. The home of online sim racing leagues.
0: Okay, final thoughts. Uh, Brian McCoven what do you got?
1: Uh... I haven't been able to do much racing cause I had to take some stuff apart to get that new uh, G seat in. Um, so I tore apart, uh, took apart the old one and I put the new one in and And the G seat sits, uh, tied kind of two two to three inches higher than my old one did. So the, uh, my wheel was in my lap. So then I had to raise up my wheel, uh, you know, and, um, that, that created an issue where I had to move a lot of wires and stuff. So it's, take, it's taken a lot longer to put in than I, than I figured, but, um, I'm almost there. I have sat in it at least. I haven't gotten it working yet. Um, it's pretty comfortable. It's, um, it's basically a Kirky, uh, pro seat, uh, 55 Pro seat, uh, is the actual, um, the frame of it. And, uh, you know, and then, uh, Sim experience does all the actuators and stuff for it. But, um, So I'm hoping within the next day, I'll have it all together and maybe I can tell you guys how it is next week.
0: Man, that's exciting. I've been wanting one of those for a long time and here you got one and you're about to try it. Well, definitely uh, jealous. Uh, We want to see some video too, Brian, how that thing works in action. All right. You got it. All right. uh, David Hall is not with us. He's traveling, but we do appreciate him editing uh, the show for us uh, tonight.
2: Greg Hectus, final thoughts. Uh, just excited to be at a road course week. I'm back racing, and it felt like the the, the two weeks off it just felt like forever. So it's good to be back and uh, racing, and uh, hopefully uh, I can get a bunch done this weekend, and uh, maybe we can get a win. I felt fast the other night. I just the internet didn't let me down, and I hope that's not a a new thing here. Okay, and Kyle Pendygraft, final thought.
5: I just want to give a uh, shout out to the iRacing iRock Challenge series uh, for season four. Uh, Like I said, tonight we are cutting the promo video. Uh, We're actually doing three races with a handful of guys from the league just to kind of run out there in the track, get some good shots, and a little bit of good racing in. And and, then I will be editing that tonight and probably throughout tomorrow. Um, So look for that, not only on Lapidal Gaming. to post the racing, I'm going to post it there. And uh, if Mr. Ellis will let me uh, post it to the uh, iRacers Lounge podcast page as well. Uh, if I can get it within the time frame of the two missed 10 seconds that Twitter has, we'll put it on Twitter as well. All right. We'll look forward to that.
0: My final thoughts uh, man, road course racing, not my f- cup of tea, but man, after Friday night's almost win in a four hour race. It, I, you know, I, I got some newfound enthusiasm for road course racing. And I think the Cadillac is, is a great car because it's very forgiving and and easy to drive. And, um, you know, I didn't have a pace, but I had enough pace to, to you know, keep it going and, and potentially win that race, you know, without a ringer stepping in into this lower split. You know, I would have won it, you know, so I felt pretty good about it. I had a nine second lead. I had built you know, uh, based on my skill and whatnot. So I kind of felt good about it. But going into Watkins Glen with the cup car, you know, I I was kind of feeling cocky, but I I made a mistake in the first race and got completely ran over in the second. So uh, Friday night redemption. I'm going to try to get me a good finish at Watkins Glen, shooting for a top 10. And uh, boy, please, please tell me there's an oval next week. Sorry, but there's not... What is next week? Indy. Oh, my God. Another freaking road course?
5: And they're uh, done. They're I don't done. think so. Is it actually going to be the road course? Yes. Well, oh. as far as NIS, I uh, don't know. Don't, uh, actual NASCAR, yes. Well, but I'm like, pretty sure. You get the relief out on the fast track, it'll at least be the oval. Okay. All right. And with that, we'll see
0: you out there on the track later. Thank you for listening to the Auto Racers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.